Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. My name is Cody Westbrook, and I'm the minister for the congregation at Southwest in Austin, And it is my privilege to be able to take a few moments to study God's Word with you today. I invite your attention to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 13. We are concluding our study of Nehemiah on this episode. And just quickly, as we reflect back over the last several episodes, keep in mind that we've been studying this book for the sole purpose of thinking about how the church can carry on and move forward into the future. After having dealt with a very difficult and trying year in the year 2020, now we look ahead and we seek to try and find how it is that we can carry on about the work of God. And this book, the book of Nehemiah, is a book all about rebuilding and focusing on the work of the Lord and moving forward into the future. So we have seen a number of important principles Uh, throughout this book that will help us, that have great application to the church of our Lord today. And if you've not been able uh, to listen to all of these episodes, then I would encourage you to just subscribe and look back in the history of the podcast so that you can go back and and listen to some of the uh, other episodes in this study. And that way you can work your way through the entirety of this great book. Now, the book of Nehemiah ends in Nehemiah chapter 13, beginning in verse number 29, by saying this, Remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and the Levites. Thus I cleansed every one of them, excuse me, thus I cleansed them of everything, pagan, I also assigned duties to the priest and the Levites, each to his service, and bringing the wood offering and the first fruits at appointed times, remember me, O my God, for good. Notice that statement in verse number 28. They have defiled the priesthood. How is it that in a book of triumph like this one, the final stanza finds itself again in turmoil? How do we go from rebuilding the walls, celebrating the victory, the conclusion of the work, and rededicating the people to the Lord's service, to Nehemiah saying they have defiled the priesthood. Well, after serving 12 years as governor in Jerusalem, Nehemiah returned back to the king of Persia after some time, according to Nehemiah 13 and verse number 6. He returned back to Jerusalem, and when he did, he found that the people had fallen backward. Now, we don't know how long Nehemiah was gone. We don't know if the people ever expected him to even return. But what we do know is that while Nehemiah was gone, the people went backward and not forward. The people persisted in sin. And so when Nehemiah returned, he had once again to deal with the problem of sin and bring the people back to where they needed to be. So this chapter teaches us a number of things about the importance of of remaining faithful. What began with tears in chapter 1 ended in triumph in chapter 12, but what comes after the triumph? You see, as we've seen before back in chapter 7, it is important to realize the importance of continuing to work, of remaining faithful and never letting our guard down or giving the devil even an inch. 
That's what has happened in Nehemiah chapter 13. After the triumph, the people let their guard down, and so the devil found his opportunity uh, to make his way in, and that is exactly what he did. The people in Nehemiah chapter 13 had let their guard down, and they had started walking instead of sprinting toward the finish line. So this chapter reminds us that God's people sometimes sin, but that sin can be forgiven. It also reminds us that sin is a very powerful force, and if we're not threatened, uh, if, excuse me, if we're not careful, then it can threaten all of the good work that we've done. And so, therefore, we must be faithful and we must fight to the very end. So, as we consider this chapter, Nehemiah 13, I want us to consider, first of all, what this chapter says about the reality of sin. The reality of sin. Now, we're not going to take the time to read all of the verses, but just notice these points as we summarize its contents. First of all, Eliashib, the high priest. This chapter tells us that the high priest had emptied out a large storeroom in the temple and allowed Tobiah to gain a foothold in the temple. That's found in chapter 13, verses 4 to 6. Now, you may recognize the name Tobiah because... We read about him earlier in chapter 4, 5, and 6 whenever we were dealing with the subject of confrontation. Tobiah is the Ammonite, the one who was trying to, with Samballot, get the people to stop doing the work and ultimately trying to uh, defeat Nehemiah from the inside. And yet now that Nehemiah is gone, here we have the high priest of God's people allowing Tobiah to come in and to find comfort and to find safety in the storeroom of the temple. The second thing that's going on here in this chapter is that the tithes intended to support the Levites, according to Numbers 18.21, were being withheld. That's Nehemiah chapter 13 and verse number 10. Nehemiah said, I also realized that the portions for the Levites had not been given to them, for each of the Levites and the singers who did the work uh, had gone back to his field. So in Numbers chapter 18 and verse 21, under the law of Moses, the legislation was that there were tithes that were to be given, and the purpose of those tithes was to support the livelihood of the priests and the Levites so that they could, they could tend continuously to the spiritual work of God's people. But now in Numbers chapter 13, those tithes are being withheld, and so therefore the Levites have to leave the service of God's people and go and make their own living. This is something that contributed to the overall spiritual carelessness of the people. But what's more, if you go back to Nehemiah chapter 9 and 10, which we looked at, uh, I believe, in the previous episode, you will remember that the people have promised to faithfully give their portion to the Levites. And then in chapter 12, they were doing it joyfully. Notice that. We have a progression here. In chapter 9 and 10, they say, we'll do it. In chapter chapter 12, excuse me, they're doing it with joy. And now in chapter 13, they're not doing it at all. This is a warning about how quickly we can be lulled to sleep and how quickly sin can enter in and and, uh, prevent us from being the people that God would have us to be. Do you remember... Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Malachi the prophet said, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If I then am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts? 
to you priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offer defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? The children of Israel had gone far away from where they needed to be. So we have two things so far. Number one, Eliashib the high priest has allowed Tobiah to come in to the temple. Number two, the tithes that are intended to support the Levites are being withheld after the people promised to do it and were doing it. And now number three, the people were ignoring God's command to rest on the Sabbath. Look at Nehemiah chapter 13, verses 15 through 17. Nehemiah says, In those days I saw people in Jerusalem treading wine presses on the Sabbath, and bringing in sheaves and loading donkeys with wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of burdens, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I warned them about the day on which they were selling provisions. You remember that in Exodus chapter 16, verse 23 through 29, God had commanded the children of Israel to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. The children of Israel were not to do any rest on the Sabbath day. Jeremiah the prophet had warned them about this in Jeremiah 17, verse 19 and following, and yet history was repeating itself. In fact, look at what Nehemiah says in verse 18. He says, Did not your fathers do this? And did not God bring all this disaster on us and on this city? Yet you bring added wrath on Israel by profaning the Sabbath? What a powerful passage. Remember that this book began with Nehemiah lamenting the state of the city with the walls broken down. Well, why were the walls broken down? The walls were broken down because of the people's unfaithfulness, and they had been taken into Babylonian captivity. Well, now that we get to Nehemiah 13... Nehemiah is looking at the people who are not honoring the Sabbath as they should, and he says, don't you remember how we got here? Don't you remember the fact that we went into Babylonian captivity and our city was destroyed because our forefathers did not honor and keep the Sabbath along with a number of other sins and transgressions? You see, they're just repeating the mistakes. They're repeating the sin of the past. Number four. The people were engaging in mixed marriages, and it was having a negative effect on the next generation. Look at Nehemiah 13, verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, In those days I also saw Jews who had married women of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab, and half their children spoke the language of Ashdod, and could not speak the language of Judah, but spoke according to the language of one or the other people. What's going on here? Well, God's law had been for the people of Israel not to intermarry with the people of the pagan nations around them, and yet that's exactly what they're doing. And as a result of doing that, Nehemiah says there were some of their children who couldn't even speak the language of Judah. They didn't even know how to communicate with their own people. And presumably the implication would be that they don't know God as they should, and they don't know the Word of God as they should. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 and following. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So in talking about the reality of sin, we have four powerful examples just in this chapter. 
The high priest has emptied out a large storeroom in the temple to allow Tobiah to come in. Tithes intended to support the Levites are being withheld. The people are ignoring the command to rest on the Sabbath day, and the people are engaging in mixed marriages, even after God has condemned such. As we step away from this context just for a moment and reflect on these four points, it is, I think, important to recognize that even the strongest and most committed of God's people sometimes can fall prey to sin. Think about Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8, verse 18 through 24. He saw the miracles that were performed and the power of God on direct display, and yet still he sinned. And then there's Peter and Barnabas in Galatians chapter 2, where Paul talks about Peter playing the hypocrite and Barnabas along with him because of his refusal to eat with the, Jew- with the uh, Gentile Christians when the Jewish Christians arrived. Then there's Demas, who we read about in Colossians 4.14 and 2 Timothy 4 and verse number 10, who had forsaken the apostle Paul, having loved this present world. Even the strongest and most committed Christian can find themselves overwhelmed by the snare of the devil, and therefore we must beware. Again, remember that the Bible doesn't tell us how much time had passed since Nehemiah had left Jerusalem to go back to the capital. But now he's come back, and whatever time that was, whatever the intervening time period was, it wasn't very long, and yet these people had forgotten who they were and what they had promised. They had forgotten what they had done and who they needed to be. It doesn't matter who you are or how old you are or how well studied you are. All are still able to be lost. And so we have to keep our we have to keep our wits about us and always remember the reality and the power of sin. But second, this chapter reminds us that that sin can be forgiven if it is corrected. We mentioned four problems in the previous point. Now notice the way that Nehemiah deals with those four problems. The high priest allowed Tobiah in the temple, but Nehemiah threw Tobiah and his things out of the temple and cleansed it. He then contend, he contended with the rulers and set things back in order. And when verse number 17 says, I contended with the nobles of Judah, the word contend literally means he engaged in verbal combat. He debated with them, and he righted these wrongs, if I can use that kind of grammar. He contended with the nobles and ran off the merchants, and he contended with the people and made them take an oath to be faithful to God's marriage law. So in four, th- in four ways, he dealt with those four problems, and he dealt with them directly. Again, when we consider this chapter and we think about sin and how it can enter into our lives, we also need to think about objective self-evaluation. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves daily to see whether you are in the faith. And that is something that every Christian needs to do on a regular basis. It's a challenge to faithfulness. And the challenge to faithfulness is not allowing problems to go unchecked. So we need to open up God's Word And we need to be mindful of of what God's Word says and how our lives measure up to it. And whenever we find that there are areas in which we fall short, what do we need to do? Well, we need to repent. We need to make it right. We need to ask for forgiveness. And then, number three, this this chapter rather reminds us that God forgives. Three times in this chapter, verse 14, verse 22, and verse 31, Nehemiah says, Remember me, O my God, for good. 
In other words, Nehemiah had walked back to Jerusalem and he had come into a a bad situation, but he was determined to make the bad good. And so he says, remember me for my good. You see, all was not lost uh, because of their sin, and the reason is because they corrected their sin. And so therefore, God did remember Nehemiah and he remembered the people for good. We have chapters in God's Word like 1 Corinthians chapter 5, whenever the Apostle Paul commanded the church at Corinth to withdraw from that unfaithful member in Galatians chapter 2 when Paul had to deal with Peter and with Barnabas. But the beautiful thing about 1 Corinthians 5 and Galatians 2 is that we have 2 Corinthians 2 and 2 Peter 3.15. In 2 Corinthians 2, the Apostle Paul talks about a man who's repented, and presumably it's the man of 1 Corinthians 5. And in 2 Peter 3.15, Peter refers to Paul as our beloved brother, meaning that he didn't allow the confrontation of Galatians chapter 2 to ruin their relationship, but rather there was forgiveness. Certainly, we are to avoid sin, but God, doesn't, God also doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants us to understand that we serve an awesome God who is gracious and who is merciful and who is long-suffering and who longs to forgive His people who find themselves who, uh, wandering away from Him but come to themselves and turn back and make things right. So as we conclude this chapter and as we conclude this book, we've got to remember that the work of God is never finished. We can never allow ourselves to reach some point where we feel content where we are, but we must always be on guard and must always be looking to the future. We must also remember that the work is God's, and with His help, there's nothing that cannot be accomplished, and we must focus on being full of faith and making the work of God our priority above everything else. We must be faithful to God, faithful to His work, and faithful to His Word. And if we're willing to do that, then God will bless us. That's the end of our episode today and the end of our study of the book of Nehemiah. Hopefully, prayerfully, this study has been helpful to you and your work in the congregation where you live and work and worship. Thank you for listening and studying God's Word with us today. Please subscribe to our podcast and let your friends and your family members and those in the congregation know about it. And if you find yourself in the Austin area, please come by and visit with us. Let us know that you listen to the podcast. We'd love to be able to meet you and talk with you. Maybe you've got some questions or some ideas or suggestions for things that we can cover uh, in our time together on this podcast. We would absolutely love to hear them. Thank you again for listening, and we hope that you will listen again as we open up God's Word and study more of the wonderful Word of Life. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.